0: Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to the Insquash podcast. I'm your host uh, Jerry Gibson, and uh, today on the podcast, we are uh, very happy to have on the PSA's current lead physiotherapist and medical coordinator, uh, former world number seven and I- nine-time Irish uh, national champion. I think he's uh, he has over two hundred uh, caps for Ireland. Uh, Derek Ryan is on the podcast. And um, I was uh, tipped off that uh, Derek had this uh, new role uh, working for the PSA by a, a friend of mine uh, here, uh, well, who used to live here and train with me a little bit, uh, uh, Neil Stonewig, and uh, we were at the Dubai Super Series together, and he pointed out Derek Derek uh, and what he's doing and uh, had a brief uh, little chat with Derek while I was there, and he was kind enough to uh, agree to come on to the podcast, and this is... Uh, What's come about? It's a it's a very uh, interesting and uh, insightful discussion because uh, you know as we know in other sports, uh, high profile sports like tennis, they I think they do have uh, these physiotherapists uh, uh, and medical coordinators on site, and it's quite uh, quite useful. You see the uh, the injury breaks that they have in the tennis, so. Um, it's good for the players uh, to have that uh, access to this uh, on-site during and uh, after a a match. So it's not just up to uh, the people that the player uh, brings with him or uh, having to rely on maybe friends or coaches or physio of friends that happen to be around at the time. We uh, now have someone on-site whose sole responsibility is uh, to take care of – players who are injured or need treatment or need advice. And uh, that's what Derek uh, has brought to the table. Uh, that's what the PSA has brought to the table with uh, with Derek as the lead man. So uh, we get to talking about uh, what his role is with the PSA, but also uh, about his great career. And, uh, you know, he played back against uh, in the day, uh, against all the greats uh, from back in the day, including Jan Chacon, Peter Nickel uh Jonathan Power, he talks about matches against those fellows and uh having gone run uh gone deep into uh draws of many of the big events uh, only to uh ultimately end up having to play uh, one of them and uh get beaten. But uh you know, he's obviously a great player uh in his day and still plays a decent game of squash. Uh, we also uh selfishly I brought up uh, you know my uh current age group which isn't too uh far off from Derek well Derek is in the I believe he's in the over 45s now I could be mistaken but um, so I asked him some some questions in terms of how to uh, approach uh, uh, lacking in areas like agility and speed for a 50 plus player and uh, he gave me uh, what I think is some sage advice and uh, I think I'll uh, for anyone in in these age uh, playing in the masters divisions that, that uh, listen to the podcast, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll find some of this uh, uh, quite interesting as well. And uh, yeah, so I know you're going to enjoy this uh, this uh, podcast, Eric Ryan, on episode 39. All right. Uh, welcome to episode uh, thirty-nine of the In Squash podcast. And today we're we're extremely happy to have on uh, former world number no. seven, nine-time Irish national champion, over two hundred caps for Ireland. He uh, retired from the pro tour uh, in two thousand two. And as of, uh, 2017, he became the fir- the PSA's first lead physiotherapist and medical coordinator, uh, an exciting new role, uh, initiated by the PSA. And, uh, this man is the first one to, uh, take it on. Uh, Derek Ryan is our guest. Derek, thank you so much for coming on.
1: No problem, Jerry.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, thanks for coming on. And, uh, we met, uh, at, very briefly there in Dubai uh, through our mutual uh, friend Neil Stonewig, who, uh, who I happen to uh, be training with a little bit here in, in the UAE. He's a, um, he's a Masters uh, over 55 uh, player. I'm just about to enter the 55s myself. Uh, so thanks to him. Uh, you're here.
1: Yeah, no, Grace. Um, it, was, it was great to catch up uh, with Neil in, uh, in Dubai. It was a great, great event.
0: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? A fantastic event. And uh, you, looked, you looked like you were uh, fairly, well, didn't you, actually, you didn't look like you were that uh, busy, fortunately, for the players. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, now, it was, uh, it was announced in January, uh, I think January 2017, that you would be the PSA's lead uh, physiotherapist and medical coordinator. Uh, this is a first for the PSA. Um, how did this? Uh, before we get into your role and responsibilities, how how did this uh, uh, role come about in the first place?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it's something PSA wants to do for for quite a long time, and um, then they just decided to put in put um, the position out there. Um, and I went over for an interview and got got the position. It was something that uh, I was attracted to, and it suited me. And I didn't entirely know what it was going to be like um, after, say, six months or a year. But I I, I got into it very, very quickly in, in New York and Tournament Champions. And I realized, well, you know, what the role really um, involved. And it suited me. It's, it's, it's what I do on a day-to-day basis anyway in Dublin. And just, just working with the professional players. I used to be one myself. So I, mm-hmm. I adapted pretty quickly.
0: Did you think, uh, I guess, uh, as a player, uh, obviously, you, you slide in rather nicely there. As a player, did you feel that that uh, role was, was something that perhaps may have uh, helped you back in the day?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like, there's situations as a player you get into where you have concerns about or, uh, about injuries or niggles or just how the state of the body is before you have to play a match. And sometimes we're at venues where it's not easy to get access to physios and other therapists and doctors etc so um because i've been at a lot of these venues in the past not all of them but because there are some great new venues i'm able to establish links and make it easier for the players to to get access to treatment
0: yeah i guess uh i mean i i, I haven't played on the psa tour but uh, i would imagine that uh Depending on the event, uh, the event organizers would uh, have perhaps maybe have someone or, or a facility near or on site. Is that the case? Was was that the case uh, back uh, before your role came about?
1: Not really. It's a lot better hmm. now. Yeah. Some some of the, tour- the tournaments like Toc they have like great facilities um, and networks set up already. Part of their sponsorship deals, or with um, clinics and hospitals, which is brilliant for the players. We didn't really have too much back in the day. You had to sort of search your own therapists out. Occasionally, you did have events who did supply a physio, but it, it wasn't always the case.
0: Did uh, I guess? Uh, now I'm not sure exactly when you got into it, when you took up your studies in physiotherapy, but uh, I would imagine back in the day you might have been. Um, like a go-to guy amongst the players. Uh, There's Derek. Let's go see what he says about uh, this little, this little adductor injury I have here.
1: Yeah. Well, actually not because um, I, I do, I went to university as a mature student. So I finished my career squash career. actually just towards the end of it. I actually got into university. And so I, I wasn't a physio when I was playing, so I, I did a sort of reverse education. Really, I, I finished the squash and then I started my education. So I went to university, um, got my physio degree, and then started up.
0: Right. At was, it, was it something you were sort of uh, in the back of your mind interested in as a player, though? Maybe maybe, uh, maybe you had a bit of knowledge or a bit of um, maybe a bit more wherewithal than the other players in terms of uh, yeah. dealing with those things.
1: Yeah, Always in the back of my mind, my, my, my coach was a physio he, and he went in as a mature student as well. So I sort of saw the role that he did and the journey he your took coach, so it suited me. Uh, Chris McManus. Okay. And um, it's it suited me. I saw what he did and it's it's a, it's a route that I, I decided to take. So even like in my early 20s, I wanted to have a plan of when I, when I finished playing and it's important when you are on the tour, that you sort of have a focus outside of the squash that you can sort of lean towards rather than just everything being squash consuming you. So it, it definitely helped me having um, a plan in place.
0: Right. Now, uh, I guess with your new role, uh, also, uh with any job uh, comes a a bit of preparation in advance for every event that you have. I'm guessing you need some kind of awareness about who's carrying injuries and whatnot. Um, Do you uh, communicate with players uh, or their coaches in the lead up uh, to events?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm always there to be contacted. So yeah, there's occasions when players will email or message me in advance and they need to find out when I'm arriving so they can get some preparation work done or get an assessment done just to make sure they're in, they're in a better place before their first match.
0: Yeah. I, I, I noticed, uh, uh, during the, the, oh, well, the, the most recent, uh, super series event that uh, we alluded to that earlier, there weren't many, uh, injuries, uh, during the event, but I did notice, uh, uh Karim Abdul Gawad he seemed to be carrying uh, an injury and uh, perhaps maybe Gregory he he was kind of moving around a little uh not not moving as well there at the end uh, did you have uh, did you have to uh help those guys out or or were uh, and also were there any other behind the scenes stuff that we uh we weren't privy to
1: yeah no i mean i didn't have to help the, the those two guys out too much i mean Kareem had his, his own physio and Greg actually often uh, deal, but he wasn't there for that event and the behind the scenes actually you know a, a lot does go in but a lot of treatment is really just sort of uh, maintenance and preparation for the following day so a player would finish a match and I would you know go out to the treatment room and and just do whatever they need what's required really um, but it, a lot of the time, it's they're they're fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them as such. But they could just be tight from a tough game, and they just want to make sure they're um, aiding their preparation for the following day.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me that, uh, and, and even in the, the previous few tournaments, Kareem had been carrying that shoulder injury quite a while. Are you uh, for for quite a while? Is that the case? Do you think?
1: Ah, uh, he had a, he had a it was it's well known he had a a fall at the British he had a dive and landed on his shoulder so uh, there uh, yeah, was I yeah I remember
0: that yeah
1: a bit of an issue stemming stemming from that but I'm, I'm sure he's on on top of it now and it's resolved
0: yeah well he, I mean he seemed to at the beginning uh, or throughout most of the matches that he played he was hitting it with a lot of pace he seemed to be hitting it okay and then towards the end uh, of each match he kind of uh, you could see he was favoring it a
1: bit. I mean, look, it's such, a, it's such a dynamic sport. I mean, you could be carrying a very slight niggle, but the nature of the sport eventually will, will catch you out because it's, oh, yeah. there's so much um, dynamic movements of the shoulder in squash and twisting, turning. And if you, you know, there's obviously contact between players as well and the walls occasionally, or you push your hand off the wall. So it's, it's very hard to um, not feel some discomfort if you're, if you're carrying a, a niggle.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, uh, one person who's had injury issues and unfortunately for, for squashes, uh, Rami Assure, uh, his injury issues are no secret. I, I read in that in the 2017 Windy City Open, uh, which he, he lost out in the second round. Do you, you helped him a little bit in the first round with some, uh, with some words of advice, um, uh, with uh, what did you What would you have said to Rami at that time and is there anything in your estimation that he can do going forward with your knowledge of his injuries in in order to sort of get back to uh his his fantastic uh, form of dominating the game
1: yeah look um as you say, everyone knows the the history of his his injuries and his his physical issues that he 's had but he's he 's actually even recently been in in quite a good place he won. Uh, a big event in, in Zurich and he played unbelievably and he he started off the British okay but then obviously he had an issue but I think he's in a better place than he has been for quite a while. Yeah. He, in the City uh, over a year ago he had concerns and I, I suppose that was the advantage of having someone in place on site. It was late at night actually, it was the night before the first round so Having a, a physio there, they can be contacted any time. So, and the the only thing that I really did for, for him at the time was was assess him and reassure him that he could play. And because Correct. sometimes we we have concerns and uh, niggles or tightness and pain, and we have self doubt if if it's actually worse than it actually is. And if anything, it was the, the the positive thing for Ramy on that day was you know he was able to get assessed late at night um the 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 day before his match and you know i gave him the all clear that he that he could play and he was able to play so yeah it's worked just a bit of
0: reassurance like that would help him sleep a a bit better i would imagine
1: (laughs) definitely definitely yeah yeah
0: Yeah. now uh i just like to look back a little bit uh at your career i I mentioned earlier you know um uh over 200 caps for for ireland which is amazing nine time I, i could be wrong with this uh Maybe more nine-time national champion, world number seven. Um, when you look back at all of this, Derek, uh, uh, what really stands out for you in terms of your
1: your pro career? Oh, um, I suppose I think tournament champions for me was it was a was a event for me. I, I used to love playing Grand Central. I got to the semis there once. Um, and then I got hammered by Jonathan Power, <laughs> far too good. But uh, tournament champion, uh, was 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 a, was a bit of a highlight for me. Um, back in the open semis, I got I lost in the semis. Similar to the Jonathan match, it was very one sided. Um, two great players, and yeah. uh, you know there's plenty of little highlights along the way. I just had very very good experience of my time on the tour, and it's something and um, that i 'll never forget, and I thoroughly enjoyed it
0: yeah you made, uh, you made reference to uh, thousand nine hundred and ninety eight uh, the Co- the Kuwait Open, which is a, a match that I think uh, a tournament that I think you 've referenced before as being uh, one of the most memorable. Uh, why for you uh, obviously um, it 's a big event and you, and you uh, got to the final. Uh, can you take us back to that event, and what uh, what went well for you during that week, and what do you remember? About uh, about that week that uh, made it so special for you?
1: Yeah, it just everything seemed to click. I I had, um, I think my first round was actually against first or second round was against Rodney Isles, who was, who was world champion at the time, and I was. Oh yeah, he's I, tough
0: he, as nails, that guy.
1: He is, yeah, uh, great player, uh, great <laughs> yeah. guy, and uh, uh, he yeah, look, things worked out for me. Few rounds and I got to the finals Peter Nichol, and it was still a very, very good match. So it sort of stood out for me because I sort of lifted my level as such and was able to play better than I had done for for a long time, or if ever. So yeah, no, it was a definitely a good, good part of my career.
0: Absolutely. Now uh, I know Ireland. Uh, obviously, uh, you're a proud Irishman. Uh, I I, I've, I know a few Irish uh, squash players from Canada. Maybe you might you might know Willie Hosey.
1: Yeah, I know Willie, really very very well. Willie yeah. be a very close friend of mine and great guy, great player. Yeah, yeah. Um but no, it had
0: he he gives everybody trouble, I think. Regardless of who you are, he'd give everyone trouble.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, he gave me a hard time when I was younger and um yeah, he he was uh he was always were he was always Irish number 1 before i came through and um so you'd always look up to willie and learn a lot from him um
0: yeah he's a, obviously he's in canada
1: And oh uh, yeah and a very good friend
0: yeah now uh, these days uh though yeah. um ir the um irish have done well in 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 the junior uh, level uh dennis uh Gil Veskly, um I could be mispronouncing that, but the, he won recently won the British Open under nine, under thirteen, and uh, that's a first ever for Irish Irish squash. Uh, did, does this bode well uh, for Irish squash going uh, forward?
1: No, it really does. Um, obviously, Dennis Gilevsky, he's um, an outstanding talent, very very good athlete as well. He um, he's developing well, but there's also a, a good core group of of juniors. In and around him as well, so it's not just uh obviously he's exceptionally good there's, there's other players that uh are showing really good signs that they could do well in the future as well so the junior scene in ireland is is very positive they're 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 very very strong and it's you know it's down to um it's down to a lot of people in involved in coaching in Ireland and not just coaching but setting up um camps and clubs and organizing play in clubs so people like Henry Gallanders and um, they've done a great job to get a bit of momentum behind the junior scene. And there's also, you know, there's some good players that have gone to the to the States to study. Uh, Michael Craig would stand out. He's um, a, a guy from Belfast and he is in Trinity. And he is, um, he's a, an outstanding talent. And it'd be great to see if he could have a, a crack at the, uh, the 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 world tour. It'd be, it'd be brilliant to see how he got on in a couple of years
0: yeah it does it seems uh, definitely sounds like it bodes well and there are plenty of options for these guys in terms of where they can go and what they can do uh with their squash uh, a little bit different from back in, in your day I would imagine
1: yeah no definitely it's uh you know the scholarships available now and opportunities to to study in the states and get good uh, coaching and mentorship there's some 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 really good uh professionals that are, have now turned uh, coaches and um, people like John White and Martin Heath. And that's just mention a couple of many. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, 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 it's nice to have that opportunity as an 18-year-old or 19-year-old to go to the States and study for four years. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously there's alternative routes as well. It's um, for their career. From a squash perspective, it's, it, it could suit some to do that route, but for others, it might just suit to go maybe to the UK and uh, go to a good squash hub like Bristol and um, try and get their career on track from there.
0: Yeah, there seems to be... I've had a few guys on, uh, Jethro Bins being one. Uh, Daryl Selby hasn't been on the podcast, but an, uh, Stephen Coppinger. Guys like that have played uh, their varsity squash in... Um, in the UK uh, so obviously there there's quite a, a a good squash scene at the varsity level over there as well
1: it it is actually it it's 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 strong and that's something that's developed well over the last sort of 20 years some of the universities in the UK have great facilities and, and modern new uh, a couple of them have all glass courts as well so that's um having access to them is is a big plus as well for those players
0: yeah, for sure. Now uh, you're you're approaching fifty. Is that right?
1: Thanks for that. Yeah, technically I'm forty. <laughs> apparently I'm 50 now.
0: Yeah. No, the reason yeah, I ask enough. is uh, I'm 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 about to enter into the uh, fifty plus uh, category uh, soon, and yeah. uh, I've noticed I, I'm playing a lot of younger guys, and they're fast and they're quick, and you know they hit the ball a million miles an hour. There's not a lot of control there. But uh, what I've noticed with myself, and I, I ask you, I'm, I'm sort of being selfish here. I want to get some advice. Uh, I just don't, I'm, I'm not as, my balance isn't there like it used to be. I'm not as quick. I'm not as agile. What can uh, someone like me or someone, you know, in, at the age of uh, turning 50, what can you do to sort of recover uh, those uh, attributes? Or is it just do you got to go resort to lob and drop?
1: I think it's it's a few different things. Um you if you used to be quick and play at a very, very fast pace, you know, you have to adapt and change. And so you mentioned love and drop, absolutely. You know, you have to vary the pace and your game has to change and adapt. You can't rely on the same game that we had twenty years ago because the body changes. But one of the, the one of the biggest things that gets neglected um is players just continue Especially the masters players, they continue just to play and run, and neglect the gym. So strength and conditioning, yeah. and you, you know, mentioned for balance. And uh, if if you're not training in the gym, you're not uh, you're missing you're missing out on an opportunity to sort of bulletproof the body and make the body robust to the the, the rigors of squash. And uh, so, strengthening the body is is paramount to still competing. You know, at a good level in masters level. and yeah. um, so that's something that I would I would be looking at. I mean, you know, off season you should be in the gym three times a week. Yeah. During the season, a bad week should be one a week, one session in the gym a week, just to maintain what you've done in the summer. But again, that's something else the players to do. They they and again I'm talking master's levels here. Um they uh they may train in the summer in the gym but then once the season starts which can last nine months they don't really do any any gym work or only a little bit of gym work but you need to maintain what you've gained and uh, that for me is is something that's really really important if you want to keep playing and moving and at a decent level
0: i i I remember last week i played this uh played a couple of young guys and we we had this rally and i was playing okay but it was a really quick rally and then this guy he hit a low cross court and I, I just totally it, it was by me before I could even blink an eye it was, normally I would get it right but it was I just felt so off balance it was like holy lord how old am I you know
1: well welcome welcome to my world welcome to my world it, yeah no it isn't it's frustrating uh, you like it's it is frustrating but then I suppose that's the beauty of this the sport you still love it, and you still want to play it. You know you're not as quick as you you were, but you still try and find a way to get that win, or to beat that guy, or to compete with them at least before yeah. you can get wins against them. So, you know, you got to question your shot prior to that. You know, exactly. why was he able to whip it across? Really, <laughs> you know, I, I you the blue wall. Or-
0: yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, Neil uh, very well, but uh, he um, he came here and uh, we played and trained together quite a bit. He's very he's a very uh, good competitor, isn't he? Feisty competitor.
1: He is. He is. Yeah, he's got that uh, he's got that Scottish blood in him, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> He he is he uh, he he likes to win, doesn't lose, and uh, and he's a he's a clever player. You know he's Very, he yeah. he thinks well on court, which is important. And you know he has a plan A, but also he can back it up with a plan B at short nose, which is important.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoy. He's no longer here. I think he he could be uh, heading uh, to Qatar uh, soon. Uh, I I think that's what I heard. But um, yeah, I miss him now. Anyways, uh, Derek, uh, I really want to wish you all the best with this uh, new initiative with the PSA. I think it's a great thing, and uh, obviously you, you were once a player, so you're the perfect uh, guy uh, to take on the role. So all the best going forward, and hopefully we uh, catch up uh, for a beer next time in, uh, in Dubai.
1: Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, definitely. I'll see you, I'll see you next year over there unless you, you pass through on the tour and catch you at one of the other events.
0: Perfect, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, Jerry. Cheers,
1: mate.
0: Yes, thanks so much, Derek, for coming on. That was a great, uh, great chat, and great to hear a little bit more about what you're doing now as the PSA's uh, chief uh, physio and medical coordinator, and uh, just further evidence of what the PSA uh, has been doing of late in terms of uh, improving professional squash across the board. Uh, we had Lee Drew on recently, who uh, discussed his role as sort of—I uh, guess he's a refereeing uh, auditor or uh, advisor for the for the PSA for officials. Um, and now we have um, now we have uh, Derek Ryan, who's also uh, on board as the as their first ever physio and medical coordinator. Um, I'd like to maybe get. Someone uh, uh, from the PSA, maybe like a Lee Drew, sorry, a Lee uh, Lee Beechill or uh, Alex Goff, to come on and see what else they have uh, going on in the PSA that we're not really uh, aware of. Uh, the, the a lot of these things, these initiatives, uh, they do make it to the to the news, the PSA website, and maybe maybe even squash skills, but uh, they don't get as much uh, publicity as say uh, a tournament event or. Uh, you know what, what we hear going on on the pro tour. So uh, this kind of stuff is quite interesting. So it'd be nice to hear and see um, maybe what else they have uh, going on in terms of, of uh, developing the professional game and developing the game of squash in general. Um, so may, maybe we'll try to get uh, some of the one of these guys on to come on and talk about uh, what other initiatives they have uh, going on. Uh, also. Uh, shouldn't be forgotten about the parity in terms of prize money and uh that's uh really I think translated into what is now maybe the most exciting uh women's game that we've ever seen and uh that that could be uh a big big part of that could be because of uh the parity and the the prize money now available uh on the women's side and just uh putting everyone on equal terms just makes it that much more uh, exciting and that much more worth playing for. So, uh, yeah, great stuff by the PSA. And, again, thanks for Derek Ryan coming on to uh, tell us about his uh, his role within uh, the PSA as their chief uh, physio guy. And uh, everyone, thank you for, for listening. We've got some great podcasts coming up. Uh, I have to firm a few things up uh, over the next uh, little while. but um, And uh, also congratulations to an old uh, friend of mine, uh, Steve Wren. Uh, he's now been... Uh, uh, been chosen as squash Canada's next uh, uh, president, so congrats to Steve. And I'm going to try to get uh, get him onto the podcast. Um, this will be the official invite right here, Steve. If you if you're listening, uh, I'd love to have you on, and uh, we could look back at your uh, your great career uh, as a, as a player uh, and as a coach uh, over the years in Canada, and also playing as a junior for uh, New Zealand. So uh, we can uh, hopefully uh, Steve hears hears this. If not, uh, then I'll have to have uh, my people give him uh, uh, a shout out and uh, we'll see if we can have him on. Um, And uh, not only Steve, but we've got a few others uh, in the hopper, so to speak. So uh, thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend and enjoy your squash. Goodbye now.